welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Accelerator podcast of the 242 Network. Brian Tillman here and I am back in the sound booth on the back 40 of podcast world with another great episode on church ministry and church planting. The 242 Network loves all things in the church world. We seek to leverage our resources in a disengaged culture to multiply healthy churches. Thanks for tuning in, and please take a moment to like and rate the show, whether on iTunes or Radio Public. Today, we're continuing our second season of the podcast with another staff member in a local church to talk to us about specific ministry ideas, as well as how these ministries help to mesh and mold the whole church's vision and mission together. We're speaking today with Tyler Bowles, who is on staff at the Exchange Church in Pearl, Mississippi. In this episode, Tyler talks to us about how the Exchange is doing ministry in the midst of the pandemic. Pastors and staff members, you may want to grab you a notepad and take some notes on this one. Tyler is over the Exchange's social media presence, and they are absolutely killing it. He talks about their process, and I believe it will help your ministry if you put some of these ideas into your own repertoire. Without further ado, here is our interview with Tyler Bowles of the Exchange Church in Pearl, Mississippi. Hello, listeners. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Accelerator Podcast. Today, we have with us uh, Tyler Bowles, and uh, Tyler is uh, one of the ministers at the Exchange Church in Pearl, Mississippi, where their pastor, Bryant May, is a uh, hub leader for the 242 Network as well. Um, he uh, is with us, and uh, hello, Tyler. Hey, Brian. How are you doing, man? Man, I am uh, doing well. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. You know, it's a season of pivots and figuring out a lot of different things. But, you know, overall, despite all the things 2020 has thrown at us, it's been an okay year. <laughs> it, it has been an okay year. And uh, I don't know about you, but I will be glad. Uh, hopefully, there will be a uh, different tune to next year. So I'll be glad when uh, this year is is uh, behind us, but uh, it has been a, a year of pivots, and uh, um, one of those is we have pivoted, I'll use your term, we have pivoted with the Accelerator podcast to uh, be talking with some staff members of churches throughout uh, not only Mississippi, but throughout the states, and uh, just talking about how ministry is happening through their different uh, areas of ministry in their churches and uh, just getting a little different perspective 
uh, we talk to the uh, to the pastors and they tell us their roles and their perspective, but uh, really the nuts and bolts of ministry. And so thank you for joining us today um, here on this uh, episode of the Accelerator Podcast. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Glad to talk uh, some guest services and some online presence with you today. Like you said, some of those nuts and bolts, like you, you've done a lot of interviews with lead pastors and they've given you a lot of 30,000 feet. And so the rest of us guys, we get to work a little bit more in the nitty gritty sometimes. Well, uh, the nitty gritty are the real, real world, right? Sure. The real, the real ministry. We can be honest. That's okay. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, with that, uh, Tyler, why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you, uh, your family, and uh, how you got to, uh, to the exchange? Yeah, uh, long, long story short, been in ministry probably about eight years now, spent about five of those in student ministry. Um, one of those years of student ministry was actually spent in Australia, long story there, but my oh, wife okay. and I got to... Uh, spent a year in Australia doing some ministry over there. And in the process, I got connected with a guy who's a part of the church network we were in. And Dan was his name. Dan was a whatever pastor. I don't even know that he had an actual title. He just did all the things. And yeah. as he and I connected and just kind of became friends, I realized, I think that's really what I want to be doing. Okay. Um, so we came home and we moved to Pearl for my wife's work. We connected in with the exchange just as church members, kind of expecting that soon, somewhere along the way, I would find a church role and we'd probably leave the exchange. Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, about a year into it, uh, our lead pastor, Bryant May, he's been on here with you before. You mentioned he's part of the network. Uh, Bryant goes, hey, you want to grab lunch one day and let's chat? And so we did and just figured we were hanging out. And in the process, he basically said, hey, my, uh, my administrative secretary, she's transitioning out. Mm -hmm. I'd love to bring you on. He said, I don't know what the role will be, but it'll develop into something. It'll and be a whatever, whatever. That's it was what a whatever is. role. I mean, that, that was a phrase we used in our conversation was, yeah. hey, you can kind of be our whatever pastor. He gave me the title Connections Pastor. And I think he did that literally so he could make the joke that, hey, we're going to connect that to Tyler's ministry. <laughs> and so he makes that joke pretty often, and I'm cool with it. There you go. Um, so I'm here now. I do, like you said, a wide range of things. I, uh, I like to say I cover both our front doors, the physical one through our guest services, and I also cover our online presence and online front door. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, for our listeners, um, tell, tell them, tell me about, uh, you know, my wife and I, Paige and, and I, uh, have a couple of, of teenagers and we also got a, we also have a one-year-old foster child. What, if we were to be members at the exchange, what's a, what's an average week look like, uh, that happens at the exchange before COVID and if there's differences now, um, in the midst of that? Yeah, so an average week for kind of a member. So you probably got three big areas you're kind of going to hit in. You're going to hopefully be a part of what we call life group. It's a small group. Okay. Um, our small groups, they're going to meet uh, throughout the week. Most of them tend to meet on Sunday evenings. We don't do Sunday night church yep. or they'll meet on Wednesday evenings. Uh, we do couples groups, uh, men's, women's, and I think we have uh, one, one young adult group. Uh, so there's a wide range of them. They don't meet at our building. They meet in people's homes or 
A few of them have met in businesses, though I don't think that's really happening right now. They're pretty much happening in homes. Uh, we did make a pivot for a season, and we were entirely online with our groups. Uh, thankfully, our groups are back in person. I don't know of any that are doing uh, Zoom meetings anymore, um, but we did do that for a season. It went pretty well. We actually connected with uh, someone out of New York who was the cousin of a church member, and they just said, hey, we'd love to connect with a group. So for a season, that guy was connected in. Um, I haven't checked in to know if that's still happening. Groups isn't necessarily my world. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so hopefully you're connected to a group during the week. Um, hopefully you're serving on one of our teams. Most of our teams are either Sunday or Wednesday specific. We do have one team, they, our cleaning team. They serve um, on the weekends, just kind of in between things. Gotcha. Um, and they're working hard to sanitize our building now, and we appreciate them for it. Yes. Yeah, and then, of course, the big Sunday experience, we refer to it as the gathering. So we're uh, two gatherings right now. We used to be three. Um, with us being back in person, a lot of people are still choosing to be online, understandably. Yep. So we, uh, we dropped down to just doing two right now. Okay. Um, so our Sunday experience, that's where uh, the Super Bowl, the money happens, so to speak. Um, it's the thing everyone thinks of. So I run our guest services team. And the, the way I cast the vision to our guest services team yep. is that I want our place to be home. I want everyone to feel as welcomed as, as if they were walking into their own home. Okay. And the whole vision behind this, this welcome home kind of experience is that if you're somewhere that you're uncomfortable, you're not really going to want to engage with the people around you. And you're probably not going to be super engaged in anything they have to say because you're really focused on the way you feel. And right now you feel uncomfortable. But if we can help you from the moment you pull up in the parking lot to taking your kids through our check-in process to getting into our gathering space, if we can make sure you start to feel comfortable, then you're more likely to actually have a conversation if somebody walks up and introduces themselves. Then you're more likely to kind of engage in worship that's happening. And then you're more likely to listen to some guy who opens up a book and starts talking about all the stuff that's in it and how it's supposed to make your life better. If you know this Jesus character Yep. And until you get that comfortable feeling, none of the rest of that's going to happen. So I, I often tell our team, like as important as our worship is as important as our sermon and our kids ministry as important as our building being clean is all that's important. But the most important thing is that people have someone smile at them, that they have someone that says hello, and that somebody takes 30 seconds to just ask their name, how they got connected, and maybe where they live or what they do for a living. That's a great point. Uh, great point. If, if we don't feel like uh, we matter, we don't feel like uh, we are in a comfortable spot, then we're probably not going to stick around. Yep. And uh, so it's a, it's a great thing to, uh, to have your team. And for all of our listeners, no matter, no matter where you are in ministry, to uh, to get those folks to understand, hey, they, they mean something, they matter, and uh, get them comfortable. So good, good uh, nuts and bolts aspect of, of the ministry that you're talking about with your team. Uh, a first-time guest comes into the exchange. Um, what is, uh, what's that experience? You talked a little bit about, hey, this is what I want my team to be thinking about and trying to get them to, to get comfortable. 
but uh, what uh, what else is is going on with your team to uh, to help them out or to make sure that uh, hey we can we can uh, have some info to to be able to to reconnect with them um, after this this service is over. Yeah, so I always tell people look for faces you don't recognize. I don't expect people to know everybody. We're a church that pre-corona we were running in the 400s. Uh, right now we're upper 100s to low 200s of in person anyway. Yep. And so I was just look for a face you don't recognize because if you don't recognize them, today might not be their very first day, but they're probably at least pretty new. Yep. And so if you see a face, go ahead, introduce yourself to them, say hello, get to know them. If they've got kids, point them to where our check-in is happening. We've made our check-in process right now is entirely outside. We have a very small building. We're tight quarters. Our hallway, you can almost reach from one wall to the other. So anything we could get outside, we have it outside right now to just kind of prevent crowding. So point on that way. We're also entering into our gathering space actually through what is technically an emergency exit. But we have such a small lobby that people can't get in there without being crowded. So we said, hey, let's bring them in from the outside. So it's explained to people, hey, you actually don't have to walk through this main entrance that's currently not really functioning as a main entrance. So it's it's kind of guiding people where they need to be because if we don't tell them, they don't know because right. yeah, okay. you're outside, you're kind of guessing. We're in a shopping center that does not look like a church. So there's there's no way to just know all the things until our people engage with them. Then they get into the gathering space. Hopefully, again, we are spacing people out and we are asking people to wear masks, but where hopefully still you, you recognize the people you know and the people you don't. So, hey, just quick, hello, nice to meet you, things like that. Um, we do a welcome segment that right now we're actually pre-recording during the week. That way it's, it's a little bit different. It hits our people online a little bit different. It hits our people in the room a little different. Um, it's just, it's a new season. And so we're trying some different things like that. Um, and during that, we've got two options for new people, whether you're online or you're in person, we want to know you're here. And so if you're online, hey, there's a number, text that number, text the word connect, and we're going to learn a little information about you. And we're even going to send you a new here gift in the mail. Um, so we're telling people. And then if you're in the room, we have, we are still using cards. We're keeping them under chairs so that no one interacts with it unless you just want to interact with it. So if you're new in the room, hey, grab that card, fill it out. And at the end of the gathering, we've got, we call it our new here kiosk. It's really a banner and a table that sit outside. But hey, swing by our new here kiosk and we just want a second to get to know you. And then we've got that new here gift um, ready for them. The gift, honestly, it's, it's a lot of information about who we are, our groups. Um, there's a sheet that introduces you to all of our staff members because on websites, that's one of the number one places people go is to your staff pages. So we figured if it's true online, it's probably true in person that people want to know who's on your staff. Yep. So we dropped that in there. And then really the, the gift part of it is we have some water bottles that are in there. They're metal water bottles that just have the exchange logo on them. Just so you think about us again in a couple of weeks when you're taking a drink of water. There you go. That's awesome. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a great, uh, great, uh, thing for us to uh, kind of be looking at, uh, hey, if we're going to ask them for some info, here's, here's something that uh, we're going to give back in return. And uh, 
and just shows uh, that next step of care and, and desire for them to be a part of, of who we are and what we're doing. Um, so uh, you talked as uh, as we were uh, as you were introducing yourself a little uh, that you kind of are in charge of two front doors the the physical one and the social media front door of the Exchange Church. Uh, talk to our listeners a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing on a social media um, front, and uh, maybe if there were some things that you have included now in the midst of this pandemic when we have so many more people engaging with us um, in a, from the social media platform, uh, some of those things, if there are any differences pre and now in the midst of, of COVID. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we used to be a place that we, we tried to post twice a day. We felt like a midday post and an evening post kind of made sense. So you caught people on lunch break and after they got home. Okay. Um, just over time, we kind of we started noticing that one post would tend to hit well and one wouldn't. And so as we, we kind of kept playing with it after a while, started deciding that I, I'm mainly the one who does all this. Um, more than likely, I was giving a lot of energy to one and not a lot of energy to the other. And okay. so we said, hey, let's let's try and do just one post a day. We'll probably do it in the evening time because more people are on then. And so as we started doing that, we realized it was the uh, quality over quantity kind of factors where instead of splitting people between two posts, one post seemed to hit home a lot better. Um, we do utilize uh, like Facebook and Instagram stories, things like that. Um, there some days we have two or three of them. Some days there might be one. Some days I'm focused on 50 other things and none of them get out there, but try to be ahead of myself and get a few of those out there. But we really focus in on doing one good post pretty much every day to make sure we're reaching people uh, where they are. One, another thing I've heard um, is the one in five rule. So a lot of churches, especially smaller churches or churches that are newer to uh, using social media, they tend to use it as an announcement platform because we go, hey, how do we get our information out to everybody about what's going on? Well, hey, everybody's on social media. Let's share our announcement with them. And that's a totally valid thing to do is to let people know what's going on through social media. But if we treat social media as our billboard, as our announcement board, um, you're really not getting at what social media is about. Social media is about interaction and engagement. And we started seeing that if one out of every five of your posts is an announcement, the other four need to really be focused on discipleship or engagement. So a discipleship post is trying to help people like, hey, here's some Bible readings you could do. Here's something to encourage you in, about depression in the midst of quarantine when you're stuck at home, uh, those kind of things. And then the other thing you want to do is something that um, it, it even fights back against some of what I want to do with, with a church social media, but it's to post just silly, ridiculous things. Like ask a question of people, hey, which is better, Coke or Pepsi? And do you know which posts people like the most and which posts get the most comments? The question about Coke or Pepsi. And the reason you do that is because all of the engagement you get on that post helps your other posts be seen as well. So basically the algorithms, uh, I say this as if I'm someone who knows, I learned this from other people, but the algorithms, they see if people like a lot of your one post, they're 
they might be inclined to like your other posts. So they're going to kind of promote that in front of those same people a little bit more than if you, all of your posts were just some announcement that, you know, one or two people liked it, but they really didn't engage with it, meaning they didn't comment on it or they didn't share it. And so you, you have to kind of diversify um, what you're doing a bit. Tyler, you are uh, the, the uh, wisest person I have spoken to about social media. So therefore, you know everything about it. And uh, what, I, what I know about it is uh, just enough to, it doesn't even, not even enough to get myself in trouble or get out of trouble. Uh, but uh, we want people, is this correct? We want people to engage and to comment, to like or share, and that will help boost the post or boost our, our presence, even yep. without us paying to get it boosted. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. So at least once a week, I'm going to ask some kind of question uh, that I think is going to hit home with people. And yep. typically I try, if I'm, if I'm planning ahead, I try to do that right before something I want people to really see. So if I want them to really see the next post, I ask a question today so that tomorrow's post is still riding some of yesterday's traction. Ah, um, and, there and you like go, I said, listeners. That was some inside stuff right there. That was inside information. Good I stuff. wish I could tell you I'm the smart person who came up with that. I'm not. Once upon a time, Bryant May looked at me and said, do social media. And so I started following churches and church leaders who do it well. And I learned from them. There, hey, it is, it is passing on and passing on. And, and thank you for um, that great information. Um, listeners, uh, one more thing that, uh, that we need to talk to Tyler about is um, what are some of these baby steps that uh, that a church you talked about a smaller church didn't know how to how to get on social media are there some baby steps to get onto uh, the online platforms in social media is it uh, hey I need to go to Facebook first is it uh, Instagram Wh which ones are best um, does it vary um it varies based on some of how you design your posts. Like Instagram's very graphic driven with a bit of details. Facebook has become more graphic driven, but it's really, it's more about the details, the actual uh, caption, if you will. Um, I would recommend being on Facebook first because that's just where over 70% of Americans have a Facebook account. They may not actively use it every week, but if 70% of your church is somewhere, it's silly for you not to be there. Um, so if they're all on Facebook, get on Facebook, create a Facebook page, not a profile. Your church is not a person, it's a page. Um, so create a Facebook page, it just works slightly differently. Um, and then the thing to do is to just post once a day. Post it once a day, something on there, uh, be on there. It's going to take a long time. Um, we're a church of, I think we're about eight and a half years old. We've been on Facebook the entire time, long before I was here. And we've got something like 2,000 followers on there, which is a lot, but it's not really at the same time when you consider, you know, plenty of churches out there, like I'll throw out an elevation, even though they're an unrealistic goal to, to get to, but like an elevation literally has a million people that follow them. So 2,000 is still a huge influence for where we are. 
but it took us eight and a half years to get to 2000. It didn't happen overnight. Gotcha. It took a lot of work. So get on there and just know that it's, it's long-term. Um, the other platform that even above maybe Instagram or things like that, that I'd recommend is YouTube, getting your, your sermon content, creating some small message highlights. And what I mean by that is just like a two to three minute clip of something really good. Like maybe your, your pastor throws out some kind of good sermon illustration that leads right into that, that hook moment where you went, Oh, it all makes sense. Like make those. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's a long-term thing that slowly over time as you, you build followers that helps, especially right now. Um, uh, if you're not going live or at least putting up a pre-recorded of some of the stuff you're doing, um, you're missing out in this world right now because most of, or at least a portion of your people aren't ready to come back to the building for whatever reason, whether they don't want to wear a mask or they want everybody to wear a mask <laughs> or they've got health issues that are keeping them from feeling comfortable being out, whatever they're online. Um, if they're not on Facebook, they've got access to YouTube. And because we live in the age of smart TVs, most smart TVs, even if they don't have Facebook watch, which is a bit newer, they've probably got the YouTube app. And so yep. they can get access to you on there. We fairly recently started kind of working harder on our YouTube channel and trying to keep it updated. We're now at a place where we use a service called Restream, uh, fairly inexpensive that allows us to go live through Facebook and YouTube at the same time. Um, and so while Facebook is where most of our people watch through, it's where we do a lot of our engaging with people. We still like to use YouTube because, uh, again, it's easily accessible for anybody and everybody, even without Facebook. The other thing I really love about YouTube, they do auto-generated captions. Facebook does it too, but honestly, I don't like Facebook's. There tends to be a lag, like the caption seems to be about 30 seconds behind. Um, on YouTube, it's pretty to the point. It almost always gets your words, even here in South Mississippi with our thick accents. Um, and our lead pastor, Bryant, he talks fast when he preaches. He knows it and it still keeps up with him. And so I love that. We've got a small deaf population. And so YouTube is vital for them to be able to engage with uh, our content. Awesome. Awesome. That's uh, that's another good nugget, uh, listeners, for us to uh, kind of write down and uh, start putting into practice. So uh, thank you for that, Tyler. Um, what are some What are some immediate areas that you guys have uh, have taken, or some uh, expert level things that uh, have helped out with with what's going on social media or what's going on in the building that that has Hey, y'all. Y'all brought it back from three to two, but uh, here was some key changes that had to had to happen for that to uh, to take place coming in the building. Yeah, coming in the building was a lot of thought process, and I know most every church uh, that has got back in person had to think through a lot of things. And just like everybody else, while we had a really good plan and nothing went wrong, there are still things that we've had to adapt to. Um, we're talking right now about some other changes. We're discussing what our membership class may look like in the future because we've got plenty of people who are now new to the exchange who have never stepped a foot in the door, but they've been a part of us for the last two or three months. And so we wanna know how to get membership to them just like people who come in the doors. Um, one of the big changes we made 
when all of this first started happening and we've held on to it since we've got back in person was we uh, we upped the number of cameras we were using and we now have uh, specific cameramen. So pre-corona, we had two cameras. One of them was always set to a tight shot kind of on the center and the other one was a wide shot backed up where you could see pretty much the whole stage. We would switch between the two of them. It was great. It worked well. No one was sad about it. But when we uh, went to online only, we, we ripped, and I say ripped, all of our chairs are just folding chairs, but we pulled all the chairs out. We got a third camera, and we got cameramen on each one of those cameras so that now all of our camera shots, they're, they're zooming in, they're zooming out, they're kind of panning, so there's always movement, and now we've got three cameras running at all times. Uh, we had to do a little bit of tweaking of what the back of our room looked like once we got in person again. Um, it, it was nice for a while to not have that hand show up in the middle of the camera shoot, but yeah. hey, that just means people are worshiping and we're cool with that. Yeah. Um, we had to install a piece of plexiglass to cut off sound because we actually have a guy who is now calling the camera shots. He's prepping our camera guys, so they're all on a headset so they can hear each other. Um, so we had to cut a piece of plexiglass and install that so everybody in the room wouldn't hear him going, all right, camera one, you ready? Coming to you, coming to you. Talking to camera two, camera two, give me something a little bit higher than that. Uh, we didn't want everybody to hear that, but yeah. man, um, being able to have our camera shoots look a bit more professional, very much upped our online presence. We had been online live for several years, but it, it changed the game for us. That's good. That's good. Uh, thank you for, for that. Uh, in that uh, answer, you talked about uh, your new members class and maybe some changes there. Uh, tell our listeners about uh, what a, a new members class looks like, maybe what y'all are going to, uh, if there is some changes with that. But uh, what are the essentials uh, or essential parts of, of a new members class for the Exchange Church? Yeah, so we call our, our members, we call them covenant members. Um, okay. And so we did a one night class that we called Unite Covenant Membership or Unite Membership Class, actually. It's Unite Membership Class. Okay. Uh, so it was a one night event in which we laid out our, our story of who the exchange is, our vision, our values. We talked about what it means to be a member and why that's a biblical thing. Um, and then we talk about being a part of a life group, being a part of one of our serving teams. And the last thing, and I always loved this, that our lead pastor would talk about is he would lean in and he'd go, hey guys, we're going to have like a heart to heart, just across the table kind of conversation. He goes, there's going to come a day where something I say or something someone on our team does is going to offend you. So it's just going to happen. There's no way it doesn't happen. Said, so here's what we're going to do when that happens. You're going to come talk to us. We have an open door policy. Let's have a conversation. Because I can't tell you how many times we've had people who left, and the way we found out they left was through Facebook and their anger through Facebook. Said, imagine you invite someone to your church after they've ever heard you or seen you on Facebook talk negatively about it. Said, They're not interested in coming to your church if you're talking negatively about it. He said, let's have a conversation first. And if ultimately we can't come to a place of agreement and you feel like you need to be somewhere else, that's okay. That's fine. But let's have a conversation face-to-face -face first before uh, things get out of hand, so to speak. Yep. And so that's kind of how we wrap the night up. And then we give everybody um, a 
it's literally a sheet of paper that says all the things you're going to agree to, which is to be a part of a gathering, um, serve on a team, join a life group. Um, trying to think the other one it's, uh, and give faithfully. Um, now that one, while we track it, we've never like called anyone on not giving. Um, but it's just, we want people to know that is a part of, uh, being faithful to God. Sure. Um, and right now we're kind of talking about what it looks like to turn Unite one night class into potentially an online growth track that you could watch through at your own pace. Uh, since again, so many people are online and, you know, there's still questions of how many people can meet in a space and when is it safe? When is it not? So we said, Hey, it might make sense to make this entirely online and instead of it just being one night, um, maybe spread it out and even add some kind of discipleship elements into it. But we're still having that conversation. We haven't fully figured out what that's going to be yet. So uh, before, before COVID, like earlier this year, how often were y'all doing the uh, Unite membership classes? Yeah, we were doing them about four times a year, uh, maybe five, just depending on how it fell. Um, we would typically plan one like February to catch that January group of people, usually one around April, May, then yep. one around August to, or actually a little more into September to catch that August crowd. And then usually one late October, early November. Cool. Um, I always like to, uh, kind of know how often they're, they're happening. Um, I know with, with each church, it's, it's a different rhythm, but, yep. uh, but uh, trying to understand uh, just how often y'all were putting those on and, and getting information out to the guys um, with that. Um, Tyler, my favorite part of the interview is, uh, is this last one. You started the interview uh, kind of talking about yourself, how you, how you made it to the exchange and, and kind of that journey. Uh, this, uh, this section or segment, I call it the faves. And uh, it lets our listeners just get to know a, uh, a personal aspect of you from, from some, uh, some of your favorites. And so, uh, one, are you, are you a reader? Some guys are readers, some, some aren't. Are, are you a reader? I am. I you am. are a reader. So uh, the, the statement is true. Readers are leaders, right? Absolutely. There you and go. I think now it also applies to listeners because we're all listening to podcasts. But yes, yes right. readers are leaders. Readers are leaders. So um, outside of the Bible, we'll get there in just a second. Uh, but outside of the Bible, what's your favorite book? Uh, so I give it two answers. One for the fiction answer. Um, it's a trilogy known as the Circle Trilogy by Ted Decker. Loved it. Read it back in high school. Great fantasy stuff. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. And it parallels with Christianity. He's a Christian writer. A lot of great truth in there. Um, and then for nonfiction, I think it's D.A. Carson's How Long, O Lord. Uh, it's written specifically towards suffering and why suffering exists. And he does such a phenomenal job of building to that question throughout the entire book that he, he honestly lays out his entire theology through it all. And it was just, it was good. I really enjoyed that read. Awesome. Uh, thank you for those. Uh, how about your uh, favorite book of the Bible? Uh, it's Daniel, um, at least the first half before you get into all the prophecy stuff. That stuff's important too, but I, mean, I always love Daniel and just his whole uh, statement of basically like we're in, we're doing this thing right where we are, yep. even if nobody else is following God, we are. Come on. Uh, you got a favorite sports team? 
Uh, so I'm not a huge sports guy. Um, I played a lot of ultimate in college, but that was really all I did. Um, but when I'm pulling for a team, I am a Mississippi State fan. Okay. At least you're not uh, like your lead pastor, uh, those tied elephant mm -hmm. guys. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll let you be a uh, bulldog. That's good. Um, exercise or hobby, you talked about some ultimate. Uh, what, what, are, what are we enjoying with the uh, exercise or some hobbies? Yeah, so it depends on the mood and the day, but if I'm exercise kind of hobby, I'm disc golf at this point because I'm older and it only requires me. I don't need more people, so yep. I love disc golf. And then if I'm at the house, I'm a big video game person still, so I like to play some games. There we go. Uh, what about your favorite show? You got, oh, a, you got a TV show, you got a, uh, um, a whole season or 14 of, uh, of shows that uh, you're just going to – sit around and veg out on? Absolutely, man. I am a TV watcher and I love it for the stories if no other reason. Yep. Um, and as many as great ones as there are, the all-time best TV show in human history is The Office, uh, the American version. All right, Tyler. I thought that we were going great until that one. I just can't get into it. I, I love man. I love British comedy. I, I, I just cannot get into The Office. It never clicked with me. But um, it was a huge show because everybody loves it except me. So that's great. Yeah. I have watched through it in its entirety at least six times. And then I just see it here and there every now and then. It's to the point to where um, when I see a picture of the office, because there are memes everywhere, yes. or I hear the clips, or if it's literally on in the background, like I know what's happening, I can, I can almost quote the show to you. Well, I, I know the memes and the gifts uh, that, that are used in the text messages now. I use yeah. them and they are from the office. I should be a fan. <laughs> I should get into it. Uh, maybe that's just what I need to do this weekend is just uh, lock myself in the house and all right, we're going to veg out here. I recommend it. Yeah, I thought you would. Uh, what <laughs> about your, uh, your uh, favorite food or your favorite genre of food? Absolutely. Um, so oddly enough, while in Australia, I fell in love with Mediterranean food, which is not where you expect it, but <laughs> man, fell in love with hummuses, uh, donor yep. kebab plates, um, euros, things like that. Uh, that's, that's kind of go-to for me. All right. That's good stuff. Tell me about, uh, you talked about some podcasts. Tell me about uh, a favorite podcast or series of podcasts that uh, you might could tell our listeners, hey, you need to check these out. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give you two. So the first one um, is the Bible Binge. Uh, Bible Binge put on by these uh, do, this uh, guy and woman, both of them church-related. But yep. they treat the Bible as if it were just a good movie or TV show. And they just talk about the stories that are in it. And neither one of them are pastors or anything. And so it's, it's really fun to listen to. They're funny. They give perspectives to stories that... I've never thought of before. So and sometimes I don't agree with the, what everything they say, but it's, it's all good. And it's, it's fun to listen to. It's, it's a great intro piece for anyone who's curious about the Bible. And it's also good for people who have been in church for years. Um, and then the other one is um, the Bible project. Uh, the Bible project is actually originated as a YouTube video series. They did a, uh, basically summaries on every book of the Bible. They've moved on from that to doing themes in the Bible and word studies and everything. And so their podcast is the uh, two creators 
Um, it's Tim Mackey and John something. Both of them, the podcast is just them having the, the conversations mm -hmm. about what they're eventually going to make a video on. And it's okay. just, Tim Mackey is a scholar, like by every definition of the word. And he is really phenomenal to learn from. Last one, and we'll get you out of here, um, is uh, you've got one day to do whatever Tyler wants to do. W whatever you want to do, you got one day, no matter where it is, you pick the day, what, are, what is Tyler going to do? Ooh, um, so I guess it's the mood and the weather, but if, it's, uh, if I'm feeling active and it's weather, weather for it, I love to go hiking. Me and my wife go hiking. We now have an almost one-year-old, um, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure she was born two days ago, but she's almost one in a couple weeks. And so I've now taken to strapping her in a backpack on my back and we go. Um, so I love to hike. And then if it's, if I'm an indoor person one day, it's a video game session. What kind of video games are we going to uh, spend our time on? I am what's known as a role-playing game kind of guy. I like yep. stories, things like that. I'm not, uh, I don't play modern warfares or things gotcha. like that. Um, they're fine, but that's just not my go-to. Not your go-to. Uh, listeners, uh, thank you for joining us today. Tyler, thank you for uh, coming on the Accelerator Podcast. Appreciate your, uh, your nuts and bolts ministry aspect and uh, talking to us about front door physical and also uh, that on social media. Um, and what's going on there at the exchange. I appreciate the time today. Yeah, thanks, Brian, man. It was a lot of fun. Listeners, we'll catch you later. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.